0: All right, well, thanks for joining us this morning. Uh, if you are watching this morning uh, before 10.30, then you might need to make a few changes next week. Uh, next week, we are changing our format a little bit, and we will be going uh, live from our service at 10.30. So let me talk to you just to a little bit about that and, and, and explain to you some of the, uh, a few of the changes. First of all, whatever platform you're wa- watching right now, Uh, that should be the same way you should be able to view it next week. Uh, The only thing that's going to change is if you're watching before 1030, uh, because next week we are going to start our uh, live broadcast at 1030. So from about 1030 to about 1115, you'll have to join uh, wherever we are in the service. Once we get to the end of that, then that service will actually be archived and you can go back and you can watch it anytime. So Um, that's our intent. We're going to be doing a couple of things this week. First of all, we're going to be sending out an email with all the details about uh, the different platforms and the different ways. And then one night next week, we haven't decided which night yet, we're going to take, and I'm going to do about a 20-minute live broadcast. And we're going to test everything out, make sure everything works. But in there, I'm going to talk specifically to our online group um, so that uh, you, you kind of understand a little bit of what we're doing and why we're doing it and and what our limitations are and where we're kind of headed with it in the future. So, uh, you know, again, we're going to test it one night and, and it'll be on YouTube and Facebook and, and Vimeo and, and our church website. Uh, but that will let us know that, that, that everything's working well. So um, at 1030 uh, next Sunday, um, all of our video platforms will go live. And then afterwards, they'll be archived so you can watch it anytime after that. So. Uh, Lord willing, everything's going to go smooth, and that's going to continue to be our format from here on out. Uh, we are meeting on Sundays at 10 o'clock uh, here at the, at the church, and uh, encourage you, if you're comfortable out in public now, you kind of come up with, with what you're comfortable doing and being in public, we want to encourage you to join us. Uh, we are meeting, like I say, at 10 o'clock uh, here at the church. Uh, we're asking everyone who comes to, to basically ask themselves four questions. Uh, one is, do you, you feel like you've had a fever or, or sick along those lines? If so, we're encouraging you to watch online. Uh, if you've had a uh, fever of 100.4 or higher in the last two weeks, we're asking you to watch online. Uh, if you have had prolonged exposure to somebody uh, who has been diagnosed positive, we're asking you to watch online. And then um, if your health or your age... Uh, makes you a little more at a higher risk category, we're asking you to watch online as well. And I know a lot of you really want to be here. Um, we have people who um, want to be here, but for a number of reasons, uh, just feel that it's safer both uh, for, for, for them and for the people who are gathered here if they, they watch online. So uh, we appreciate your, your concern that way. And uh, we value it. We love, looking forward to the point that we get you back here. But uh, right now we do understand, and that's kind of the way we're, we're working that way. So uh, one of the things that's important is that you get on our email list. Um, like I say, even this week, we'll be sending out an email with details, uh, and that email will be specifically about our online platforms and, and what we're doing there. So uh, let's go ahead and look to Lord of Prayer, and then uh, we will get started with our message this morning. So let's pray. Lord, thank you for the day. Lord, there are a lot of folks that are struggling. We have a country that is uh, struggling physically. Um, with this pandemic. We pray your, your hand upon all the people who are uh, caregivers, people who are on the front lines. We ask for your, your hand upon um, those who are sick, that you would uh, watch over and protect, guide them, heal them. Uh, Lord, for those of us um, that are uh, healthy, and, and just pray that you'd help us and guide us through it as well, that we could be a blessing and, and, a minister, and minister to those around us. Uh, Lord, for our time today, would you speak to our hearts? Uh, May we hear and apply, and may you use us in our lives, that we would be able to be more like you in the way we live this week. So uh, thanks for the time and the opportunity. Continue your hand upon us. These things we ask in your name. Amen. Uh, We are in our series, continuing series, on the life of Moses uh, and the children of Israel. We've been about uh, four months, five months into this series, And uh, we're talking about, we started with the life of Moses, we're up through the point at which uh, the children of Israel have left Egypt, they've been at Mount Sinai now for about three months. Uh, Moses is meeting with God on the mountain, and God is giving Moses the Ten Commandments. Um, We are referring to them, as some of the Jews do, as the Ten Words. We're looking at a word associated with each commandment, and the principle behind that. So we've talked about the first commandment, uh, I am the Lord, the idea that God wants to be the authority in your life. Uh, No other gods before me. God wants to be the priority. He wants to be at the center of your life, of all that you do. Uh, He goes on to talk about you'll not take the Lord's name in vain, the idea of reputation, that God's reputation and God's name is to be valued, and so we are to respond and reflect Him in the community in such a way that, that His reputation is held high. We talked about the idea of the Sabbath and the idea that that the word was rhythm, and the idea that God established creation of mankind with a rhythm, a pattern. And one of the big parts of that pattern is the idea of rest. And so we talked about the idea that we need to incorporate that idea of taking one day a week where we, we rest, we reflect, we, we, we focus on the things that God has given and provided and, and, and His goodness and graciousness to us. And then last week we made the shift, and then the last six commandments deal with our relationship to man. The first four deal with our relationship to God. And so, as we talked about the last six, we talked about last week the idea of honor, and specifically the the focus of honoring your parents. And we talked about the idea that that is a pivotal command, that actually it's kind of a pivot from the idea of God to man, because he's, he's touched on this idea of honoring God, now he's talking about this idea of honoring people, and all of the commandments following this hinge on this idea of It is so important to stop and ask ourselves our relationship with our parents, because we need to learn to honor our parents, because that is pivotal towards honoring other people and following through with the rest of the commandments. So this morning we go into the sixth commandment. Um, The sixth commandment is actually very, very short, and uh, sometimes we just gloss over it, but we're going to see it in a a much different uh, manner here uh, with regards to... Uh, the testimony. So uh, the idea is, uh, the commandment is, thou, thou shalt not uh, murder. And it's pretty straightforward. Uh, here's what we need to know. We need to, you need to understand that the commandment of thou shalt not murder is very, very specific. Um, in the Hebrew language, there are actually two words for the idea of uh, death. Uh, one is the idea to kill, uh, that is one of the Hebrew words, is, uh, has the idea to kill. A second Hebrew word has the idea to murder. In the New Testament or in the Old Testament, God is very specific with this commandment. Um, even though the King James translates that thou shalt not kill, the, the, the more accurate Hebrew word is the word for murder. Murder has an intentional aspect to it. So when when God gives this command, there is an, an intentionality, to this idea of, of not, it's not just um, a person dying, but it's, it's the why and the how and the, the, the before mi- mindset. So there's an intentional thing of taking a life that is in focus here. Um, to give you a little bit of an idea, you have to understand a little bit um, of the Jewish world. Um, in the Jewish world, they, there, was a, there were a number of ideas. One of the ideas in the Jewish world is the idea that the body is a sacred thing. Um, they believed that um, your body was made in the image of God. So therefore, in the Jewish world, to mutilate or to mark the body was to mutilate or mark that which God had created. That was kind of the idea. So in the Jewish world, um, the body modification kinds of things, um, piercings, um, tattoos, they, they were really, really um, focused on from the pre- Perspective of those are things you're not to do to the human body. Um, a lot of it was because in, the, in, in their world, in their culture, idolatry was associated with all of those things. Um, the idea of tattoos, for instance, um, it's interesting in, in, in some Jewish world, in some Jewish circles, um, a, a tattoo body is not allowed to even be buried in a Jewish cemetery. Um, that's how, 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 how they looked at that concept. Uh, with the idea of, uh, 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 and, and by the way, that has some incredible implications if you think about it, if you know a little bit about Jewish history. Because when we went through the Holocaust, um, one of the things that they started doing was, was, was tattooing um, Jewish uh, people um, in the concentration camps with numbers. And uh, it was, it really for a Jew, that was a, that was a sacred thing to be able to, um, to, to have that done to a human body. And, and so the implications, I don't think that's why uh, they did it, but but the implications of it had had ramifications for the Jewish people. Um, when you look at this idea, they, they, they saw that the body was created in the image of God. Uh, they also had this concept or this idea that man was valuable and man belonged to God. So they saw not only created in the image of God, but belonging to God. And then in a Jewish mindset, uh, there was this deal where they associated man Uh, with a world. Um, And they really saw man as a a being, a a world being, so to speak. So uh, here's the way the rabbis said it. They said it this way. If you save a life, you save a world. If you destroy a life, you destroy a world. So in the Jewish world, in the Jewish mindset, the idea of man and world were, were, were were, were connected really, really closely. So they saw man in those terms. So let's talk, about, uh, let's talk about the Old Testament for a little bit and give some ideas as far as how the Old Testament um, looks at this idea of, uh, looks at this commandment in particular. Um, a couple things. Let's talk about what it's not saying. Okay? So let me start by dealing with thou shall not murder and what that means, what it's not saying. So here's what it's not saying. Um, it's not talking about killing. Um, again, that would be a different Hebrew word. So we have intentionality um, in, involved with this idea. Um, it's not talk, so it's not talking about something, someone who dies accidentally because of an accident. That's not what this is talking about. Um, it's not talking about the idea of capital punishment, because later God's going to say, these are the situations on which you take a person's life because of the, the, the offenses that they have committed. So it's not talking about capital punishment. Um, it's not talking about self-defense. In fact, we're going to see in 2 Samuel, we see a story where a guy says, look, if you continue with your actions towards me, I'm going to have to protect myself and take your life. So it's not talking about self-defense. It's not talking about war. Because later when the children of Israel go into the promised lands, God's going to say, when you go to this town, you, you destroy everybody. You, you take every life. So those are some things this passage is not um, talking about. Uh, let's talk about some things that would fall under this category. One of the things that would fall under this category is the idea of intentionally taking a life. So when we deal with issues like um, ethnic cleansing, when we deal with issues like um, genocide, when we deal with um, those types of issues that, in which you are, you, you are in a premeditative way going in and taking a lie, um, e- even assisted suicide would fall into this. Um, Uh, then when we get into those realms, that would fall into this category of murder. Um, Abortion would fall into this category of murder. And and I'm really careful here, because um, I'm pro-life. I I believe in the right to life. Uh, But yet, I also know that one of the things that, that, that they don't tell you in the abortion thing is the emotional consequence that comes with that decision. And as a pastor who's done this for a long time, I've dealt with enough people over the years who, have um, been involved, either had an abortion or helped someone with an abortion or helped someone pay for it or get an abortion. And then later the guilt comes back. And they realize that that was a a wrong decision and they regret it. But there's nothing they can do to undo it. So they deal with the the, the, the guilt um, that comes with that. Uh, and and, what I, and so as a pastor, I'm dealing with the idea of the, the mercy and the forgiveness of the grace of God. So uh, when we talk about that, I, I, I want to be careful there in um, and, and, and not offering the, the hope and the grace and the forgiveness that comes when we realize that, that we violated something that was sacred to God. Um, in fact, actually, as we're going to see this morning, murder is something that we're all all responsible for and all um, have hearts that go there very easily Um, another issue is this idea of suicide when someone says well I'm going to take my own life um, that would again there's an intentionality um, about that act that would fall under this category Um, uh, the issue of euthanasia um, the idea of assisted suicide kind of thing would fall in this category Um, I deal with this a lot in a rural community where people have worked all their lives and they come to a point where because of their health they can't work anymore. And all of a sudden I hear them say, well, it's just not worth me living. Um, Or I hear somebody, well, somebody's got to take care of me, I don't want to live. And and what I would remind you is that one of the things that makes us human is the idea that um, we care for the sick, the frail, and the elderly. We care for those who cannot take care of themselves. Uh, in the animal kingdom, if something is sick or frail or, or elderly, uh, the other animals don't care, care of it. it, it they, they, they leave it, um, or it becomes lunch. Because in the animal kingdom, it's 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 survival of the fittest. But in the and and among humankind, that's not the way we we respond. Um, we take care of those uh, who can't take care of themselves. Uh, you'll probably see this best in the story of Cain and Abel, where. Um, he murders his brother and there's an interesting thing there's an interesting passage in that in which the discussion is God comes to him and he says where's your brother and you know the famous line his brother responds well am I my brother's keeper and what what he's saying in that story what he's what he's conveying is the idea of look he, I'm not responsible for him he he's not my issue he's not my problem If you want to know where he is, you go find him. I don't, he's not my deal. And and this is where we come down to, and this is our word. He has no value that he attributes to his brother's life. So what happens is he's not valuing his brother's life, and he consequently takes his brother's life. Um, And that's at the core of this idea of thou shalt not murder. And that's really the word that we want to talk about, because what's wrapped up in this, and you're going to see this in a minute in the New Testament, What's wrapped up in this whole thing is how do you value human beings? How do you value another human being um, as we we get into this story? So um, with that in mind, let's look at some of the New Testament ideas um, regarding this idea of murder. Um, Matthew chapter uh, 5, verse 21, here's what it says. Now again, this is part of the Beatitudes. Uh, So this is kind of the idea that uh, God's talking about here, and here's what he says. You've heard it said to our people long ago, you must not murder anyone. This is our commandment, Ten Commandments. Anyone who murders another will be judged. But I tell you, if you are angry with a brother or sister, you'll be judged. If you said bad things to a brother or sister, you'll be judged by the council. And if you call someone a fool, you'll be in danger of the fire of hell. Now, he's not saying if you, 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 you call somebody a fool, you're going to hell. What he's saying is this. He's saying, look... What you need to understand is when you when you do this, when you, when you, when you speak to a, a person in anger, um, when you gossip about somebody, one of the things that you're doing is you are um, destroying their life with your words. Um, you're destroying their life with your actions, and, and and it will start to destroy you. And so what Jesus teaches as he goes to this is this idea of, Look, you have to be very, very careful in how you talk about, how you value, how you respect, how you honor other people. Um, and you're going to see this with Jesus, by the way. Jesus is going to take each one of the commandments, and the Jewish people saw it at this level. And Jesus is going to take it to this level. Um, the Jewish people, when, Jesus says, or when the Old Testament says, don't commit adultery, Jewish people looked at it as a physical act of adultery. Jesus takes it to this issue. Now we're going to talk about what you're looking at. When uh, the Bible talks about murder, the Jewish people looked at it as a physical kind of thing. Jesus takes it to this thing. He takes it about no, no, no. I want to talk about how you talk about people, how you see people, how you value people, and so we're going to see this constantly in the life of Christ. Um, and in this commandment, Jesus says, "Look, you, the murder commandment is about much more than physically taking a life. It's about anger. It's about gossip. It's about how you talk about other people." Um, Listen to what Shakespeare says. This is actually a paraphrase uh, from something that Shakespeare says, but I think it's so good. He says, look, if you steal my purse or your wallet, you're stealing trash. Something that really doesn't have a lot of value. But he that fetches me my good name, someone that takes my good name robs me of that which enriches him and makes me poor indeed. So now he steps back and he says, look, I'm going to talk to you about this idea of, Shakespeare says, look, here's the idea. The idea is, if you really want to hurt me, then you speak poorly of me, or you gossip about me, or you hurt my reputation. You really want to hurt me, that's that's the way to do it. And that's what Jesus said. That's what Jesus talks about, this idea of, look, you have to be very careful about the way you talk and speak about other people. Because in the same way that murdering takes their life... Your words can destroy their reputation, their character, what other people think about them. He goes on in the Beatitudes in Matthew chapter 5, and here's what he says. But I tell you, don't stand up against an evil person. If someone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to the other cheek. If someone wants to sue you in court and take your shirt, let him have your coat also. If someone forces you to go with them one mile, go with them two miles. If a person asks you for something to give to him, give it to it. Don't refuse to give someone who wants to borrow from you. You have heard that it was said, <clears throat> love your neighbor and hate your enemy. I say to you, love your enemies. Pray for those who hurt you. If you do this, your father you, you will be true children of your father in heaven. He causes the sun to go down on good people and on evil people. He sends rain to those on the right and uh, to those who do right and to those who do wrong. If you only love people who love you, you'll get no reward. Even the tax collectors do that. He goes on to say, and if you are nice only to your friends, you're no better than anybody else or other people. Even those who don't know God are nice to their friends. So you must be perfect or mature, just as your Father in Heaven is perfect. Jesus, talking about this idea, carries this concept on, and He says this. He says, look, Here's what you need to understand. Life is not fair. Uh, rain falls on the just and the unjust. It, um, the sun comes up on the good and the bad. He said, You need to understand, life is not fair. But he said, as a, as a follower of me, as a follower of Jesus Christ, one of the things that you need to do is you need to stop and you need to ask yourself how you're treating other people. And Jesus takes it again to this whole new level. He said, look, I understand it's easy to um, treat well your friends because they're your friends, but he says, That doesn't take any effort. Everybody does that. Even people who don't own me do that. The real test is how you look at your enemies. The real test is how you look at people outside of your circle. That's the real test. If you really want to be my follower, if you really want to act like I want you to act, then you need to care about those people as well. You need to value them as much as you value this group. And that's what Jesus is saying. So so let me make it even more practical. Um, Let's say you're a diehard Republican. Here's my question to you. How many friends do you have in that other circle of libertarians or or, um, Democrats or other political parties? How do you see them? Do you give them the same value that you give your friends? Because Jesus is saying that's what we've got to do if we're really followers of Christ, we're going to value everybody, not just the people in our circle. And he says, to then try to say, well, because they're not in my circle, I'm going to talk evil against them. I'm going to destroy them. I'm, going to, I'm not going to be friends with them. But What he's saying is, look, that's not the way I want it to work. I want you to value everyone, period. And when he talks about thou shalt not murder, that's what he's saying. He's saying, look, you have to give human life this value that says it is worthy of life, and I do not want to in any way dishonor it. And by the way, it's interesting. The Jewish people, um, it, 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 it's, it's, it's kind of crazy the way the Jewish people, how intensely they looked at these concepts. Um, and, and, a Jewish, and some of the teachings of the rabbis, the early rabbis, Um, One of the things that that they taught was um, uh, to embarrass somebody was to murder them. I mean, here was their thinking. Their thinking was this. When you embarrass somebody and their face turns red, the reason their face turns red is because the blood has gone out of their face. And in the Jewish mindset and the Jewish teaching of some of the rabbis, they were saying, because of that, you have shed blood. And so you're not even to speak ill of a person in such a way to embarrass them. And it's kind of what Jesus is getting at with this whole takeoff thing. He's saying, look, you need to realize that it's easy to value the people that are in your circle. My followers are going to value somebody whether they're in their circle or not. And that's the mindset that he says. You see this further um, focused on when we get to the book of 1 John. Um, Listen to what the writer of 1 John says. This is the teaching, again, this was to the early church. This is the teaching that you have heard from the beginning. Um, we must love one, uh, each other. And again, we go back to that. Don't be like Cain, who belonged to the evil one and killed his brother. And then he goes on, he says, why did he kill him? Because the things Cain did were evil, and the things his brother did were good. In other words, it was out of jealousy. He goes on to say to us, brothers and sisters, Don't be surprised when the people of the world hate you. We know we have left death and have come into life because we love each other. Whoever does not love is still dead. Everyone who hates a brother or sister is a murderer. And you know that no murderers have eternal life in them. That's not the way God's people function. He says, this is how you know what real love is. Jesus gave his life for us. So we should give our lives for our brothers and sisters. Suppose someone has enough to live and sees a brother or sister in need but doesn't help. Then God's love isn't in that person. My children, we should love people not only with words and with talk, but by our actions and our true calling. What the writer here focuses on is this idea of what does it look like? What does it actually look like when you and I our followers of Jesus Christ. When we have God's love that we have accepted and embraced in our own life, and he talks about this is what it looks like. This is, it, 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 it's that idea of I value somebody else and what they need greater than what my need is. And he lists this out. So let's just talk about a couple of little practical things maybe that will help us um, this week. Um, this commandment is about how you value other people. Um, and the value that you place on them. Uh, one of the things that bothers me right now in our, in our culture, one of the things that I'm seeing is this whole Black Lives Matter thing. Um, and, 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 and first of all, I, 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 I'm not gonna, I don't want to minimize what has happened um, in some situations. But by the same token, I don't want to take some situations and make them problematic of the whole system. Um, what bothers me about the Black Lives Matter movement right now is we have singled out one group. We have said, these lives matter. And, and, and I, I know you're going, well, you're a white guy. It's easy for a white, white middle class guy in America to go, all lives matter. But, but wait a minute. Biblically, this is the whole concept behind Dial <laughs> Salamander. Every life matters, period. Every life has value, period. Red, yellow, black, white, everybody. They all matter. Police lives matter. Military lives matter. Men's lives matter. Women's lives. Every life matters, period. This is the idea. This is the idea behind Thou Shalt Not Murder. Every life has value. Jesus died for every life out there. Jesus went to the cross for every life. All lives have a value and matter before God and should matter before us. So the implications of this idea, and this is what he's saying, he's saying, look, it's easy to love people in your circle love people outside of your circle. It's easy to love people who like you but love people who don't like you. It's easy to love people that, that, um, that uh, do what you want them to do, but love people who don't. And that, that's the concept here. Value everyone. So let's talk about it a couple ways. Um, first of all, I think in, in, in the physical world, in the physical sense, you have to value um, the people in your physical world. Um, and you show value Physically. Um, this is where the issue of, and, and by the way, we're seeing this on the increase right now because of this COVID. Thing. Um, we're seeing domestic abuse on the increase. And, and just let me say unequivocally, no questions. There, there, there's no. The second you physically hit someone out of anger, you have sinned. You, there is no excuse because what you have done, you have devalued that person as a human being when you have resorted to that. I'm not not talking about discipline and love. I'm talking about the idea of you have responded in anger. I'm talking about the idea that you have physically, that the minute that you do that, you have devalued them. And it is so important for you to understand this concept that one of the things that this, this, this command, this commandment talks about is the idea of keeping people of value with your words, Some of you, you have never physically, intentionally gone out and taken someone's life. But you have, with your words, intentionally destroyed them. You have destroyed their reputation. You have undermined them. You have have hurt them, and you've hurt them deeply because of your words. Why? Because you use their words as a weapon. And you use your words to, to devalue them, to bring them down. Listen to me. The way you talk to your spouse... The way you talk to your children, the way you talk about authorities, coaches, police officers, all of those kinds of things, show what you value. And it is so important for us to understand this. Um, so, so, so my challenge to you is to take a step back and ask yourself, okay, again, start with the closest relationship you have. If, 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 if you're married, you know, we talked last week, what kind of value do you give your parents? You start there. We, we talked about that last week. the idea of honor. Next, if you're married, what kind of value do you give your wife or your husband? Do you speak highly of them? Or are you always constantly undermined, trying to bring them down, trying to make them feel less valuable in the way you talk to them, in the way you approach them, in the way you respond to them? Or do you give them great value and you speak to them respectfully and in a loving and in a kind way? How do you value that person um, how, with your kids? Um, again and, and again, it's easy to talk about your kids well when they're doing well. I'm talking about when they're going when, when they're not doing well, when they're going against what you say. How do you speak of them? About? What kind of value do you place on authority? What kind of value do you give teachers and, um, uh, again, police officers, coaches, referees, umpires, people in authority? in the lives of your children. What kind of, what kind of value do you place on it? This is what this concept is talking about. It's not, it, yes, is it talking about physically murdering? Yeah, but the reality of it is that applies to a very small group of people. The idea of murder in your heart with anger, with gossip, with talking poorly about somebody who doesn't believe or see the world the way you believe or see the world, That's a different ballgame. And I think if we were honest with ourselves, we would have to step back and say, you know what? There is a little bit of murder in my heart in the way that I I, I look at things, in the way that I I have approached things. Um, You have an obligation. Those of you who are parents and those of you who, who have family, you have an obligation to provide for your family a safe, protective environment. There's an interesting passage in Deuteronomy. It talks about this idea that says, that you're responsible to put a parapet around your home. Now, that doesn't mean anything to us because we don't live in in, in the east, but what would happen is a lot of times uh, the rooftops of a house were places people went in the evening. You know, less buggy, uh, cooler up there, you could you know, a better breeze than down um, in the house. (laughs) So Deuteronomy says, look, if if you've got a rooftop that you're using, it's your responsibility to put a parapet or a fence around it so people don't fall off your roof. And, and, and the idea is this. The idea is you value the people in your home to the point that you protect them and you create for them a safe, healthy environment. And that's what I would say. One of the ways that we do it as a parent or as a grandparent is to create that kind of environment. I have a grandson right now who uh, we, we knew it was going to happen a couple weeks ago because he was really, really close. Well, he has started to crawl. And what he has found is that there is a lot to explore once you can start moving. And so now my kids are, are, are frantically going around, tr- as he gets into stuff, protecting him from hurting himself. Why? All he does is see something else to explore. And, and, and what happens is, as parents, they have to protect him. In the same way, in the same way, that's what we have to do as, 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 as children of God. We provide safe, protective environments for people. And we help people to be able to get where they need to be. So it's important for us to, to do that. So here, as, we, as we wrap this up, try to apply it for the week. Uh, two questions for you. Here's, here's the first question. The first question is, is there somebody that you just really hate? And, and by that, I mean, I, I'm not talking about somebody who you just don't spend time with or, or you just don't click like they click or you had a riff and things aren't like they used to be. I'm, so I'm, talking, I'm talking about somebody you hate. Somebody you actually sit back and go, you know what, I hope something bad happens Um, that has no place in the life of a child of God. Uh, That is a murderous heart that you need to deal with before God. That is a a type of heart that, that I'm going to be honest, it will destroy you eventually. It will destroy you. That kind of attitude will start to creep into every single relationship you have. So if there's that hatred and that animosity and that, that bitterness towards somebody else, please, 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 please get through that and get past that. Because if you don't, it will destroy you. I have watched it too many times in ministry. And I I would just challenge you, as a believer, as a child of God, you have to value every person, even people who have hurt you. Second idea is this. Is there somebody that you're not valuing that you need to show value to? It might be somebody in your circle, a spouse. You need to start showing them a whole lot more value and a whole lot more respect than you show them. It may be a kid. It may be a family member. maybe a parent, an aunt, an uncle, a grandparent. It may be somebody at your workplace. It may be somebody that um, has hurt you in the past that you need to show value to. Um, in some cases, it may be a race of people that you have an animosity or a hatred or, 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 or you see them as the enemy. In some cases, um, it could be situations where uh, it is somebody of a different political party where you are so devoted to your political party that you see that person as the enemy, and so you're constantly, you don't show them any value, any credibility, any any, any intellectual honesty at all. You're just constantly tearing them down. Wait, 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 stop. You have to see past all that. And my challenge to you this week would be this. You will not see an eyeball this week that God does not love, care about, wants to see him or her saved, you will not see an eyeball this week that does not have value to God. I, I, I don't care who they are. I don't care what they look like. I don't care what color they are. I don't care what they believe. I, every eyeball you see this week has value to the God of heaven. Enough so that he went to the cross for that person. And what he's saying is, look, it, and this was the teaching of the attitude. If you're going to go out and represent me in the community, If you're going to try to hold my reputation high, if you want to live the way that I intended you to live, then you have to value everyone that you see this week. Regardless of what you want to say or you want to think, everyone has value. Every life matters to God. That's the concept. And when he says, thou shalt not murder, it's it's about much more than intentionally taking the life. It's about doing things in such a way that every life you come in contact with has value and you treat them as as someone of value. That's the challenge. And that's the commandment that we have to work through this week. That when we have that tendency to take that shot, when we have that tendency to, to put that person down, instead we give them value. Why? Because everyone is valuable to God. Thou shalt not murder is about much, much more than the physical taking of life. It is about the way we treat the lives of people we come in contact with every single day. So value people this week. So I wrap it up this morning with my challenge to you, which goes something like this. We are challenged to value people with the same value that God places on them. People need to be honored, loved, and valued. Strife, anger, hatred, revenge, envy, pride, they all show a murderous heart that has no place in the life of God's children. God has designed us to live in a way that values the people God has created, loved, and given His life for. Love God with all your heart and your neighbor, as you love your own life this week. Let's pray. Lord, help us. Easy to preach, hard to do. Lord, for many of us, we allow this to creep into our lives with anger and gossip and the way we view people. And Lord, just help us to try to reflect in the lives and the way we live our life this week, uh, the lives of other people that we show them value, that we show them respect, that we show them honor. That, Lord, we understand the idea that um, even people who are against us, Lord, even the world who wants to fight against us is a world that you loved, a world that you died for, a world that you want to reach. So, Lord, help us to reflect your love in the way we deal with everyone this week. These things we ask in your name. Amen. Well, Lord bless you, next week, um, 10.30, uh, we will be live. After that, you can still watch it. Uh, once, it once the service ends, uh, they'll automatically archive it and you'll be able to watch online. But um, uh, hopefully you'll hear from us sometime this week and you can just touch base online and let us know um, if there's a way we can help and uh, a way we can minister. So uh, Lord bless you. Uh, have a great week.